0: Welcome into another edition of Tampa 2. Casey Phillips here with staff writer Bree Dix. And uh, we're going to start by looking back at the 49ers game, but probably not for too long yep. because it's the holiday season and <laughs> we, we don't <laughs> want to <laughs> bum anybody out. Yeah. So um, let's just go ahead and start with high-level takeaways and and especially in an idea of what can be done moving forward, what you can learn from it. Right. You know, that, that idea of not just harping on what we all know went wrong, but what do you think the team is going to take from this and, and try to move forward? Right.
1: What was a... Sound beating, thirty-five to seven, and I think anytime you allow thirty-plus points, you are ineffective in sustaining drives or stopping the run, and then you constantly put yourself behind the change with pen- with penalties. It's going to be a long day for you, and I think it goes back to what Todd Bowles said: in you can't beat two teams, and we're beating ourselves too often. I mean, they had eight flags for sixty-two yards, which negated a sack, an interception, and a touchdown. Some of their biggest plays of the game were brought back, and I think that's going to be one of the keys moving forward, is being fundamentally sound on both sides of the football to not put yourself in those situations. And just, I think consistency is one of the main themes that we've talked about over and over with this team, is you'll have a really good drive, you'll have a positive play, but then it's not being able to put it together consistently. So it's okay, can the Bucks sustain drives. Can they effectively run the ball in those early downs to stay out of those third and long situations
0: to where they can move down the field? Yeah, I agree. And I, I, the penalties is so tough because right. it, it, that's always going to kill you. And and I did think it was so interesting the way that Bulls put it. You've heard coaches say things about you can't beat yourself, but just right. the way he phrased it about we were having to play two, two teams, teams. I thought that was a really interesting way of phrasing it. And I think, you know, th- this is such a league of, of momentum mm-hmm. And I think about how it's not even that there are penalties. It's when they're happening. And I think it's the fact that they're on such key, crucial right. plays that the impact they have is not just the, you know, 5, 10, 15 yard of the actual penalty. It's it's what also gets given up. And, right. you know, so much is, like I said, the momentum that that first play, what a difference in sending a message to a rookie of this is going to be a long day. Yep versus then all of a sudden they are way down the field before even really doing anything and they're able to score just four right. plays later. To me that could have almost been a 14 point swing. You know that oh, yeah. if if you're able to stop them there and then you have that momentum of going to their place and making a huge play and a huge hit like that, who knows what happens and I just think that it feels like the Bucks keep doing things that kill their momentum. momentum. And that is such an abstract thought, you know, that's not something you can draw up in a, in a playbook is, is momentum, but it's, it's like, if you're going to have, you know, you're always going to have penalties in this league. It's, are they ones that you can control things like Mm pre-snap and then when are they happening and understanding the times of the game that like, man, this play, we've got to be fundamentally sound. We can't afford. Yeah. So I think that was, that was big. And, um, the, the one bright spot I figured, you know, it's always nice to occasionally still remember the good things, Devin Tompkins. I yes. just felt In like – Return game. At this point, everyone's probably heard all the, the negative things about the game, and so I figured it would be nice to just shout out this guy who had an incredible training camp and then, of course, has just been grinding away on that practice squad and gets a shot and just made the most of it of this huge return. And those are the kind of things that the Bucks haven't had either when we talk about the struggles offensively. Mm-hmm. They have not, because of a lack of turnovers and a lack of huge return moments, have not been starting with favorable field position. Position. And he gave them that. He gave them that spark, just played with such heart, willing to go right up the middle, take the big hit. Um, So just really excited for a guy that, you know, just has had a great year. And I just figured that would be a nice thing to shout out as well. (laughs) Um, All right. So let's turn the page to this upcoming Bengals game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not exactly a team built like you would pick to try to have a recovery game after that (laughs) again. Five game win streak. (laughs) Yep, yeah, they are. And that's always the thing about the NFL. They talk about how important it is of when you get hot and the Bengals are getting hot at the exact right time for them and unfortunate time for us. So um, tell me for you the biggest keys to facing this team.
1: I think this game, like a lot, could very well hinge on the line of scrimmage, winning the battle in the trenches on both sides. So I think for... For the Bucs, defensively, it's can you disrupt Joe Burrow's timing? Can you force him into making mistakes and not over-pursuing? Because if you over-pursue, someone crashes in, well, then he has an open lane that he can gash you with on the ground. You know, he can make plays off script. He has a tremendous processing of defenses for being a young player, and it's can they disrupt this Bengals RPO game and force them into mistakes. And then offensively, it's can the Buccaneers get that run game going early on to put yourself in a better position, to have a balanced attack, to open up the play action, and not put yourself in those third and long situations. And, I mean, Brady passed the ball 55 times against that 49ers team. That's not sustainable. And even though, yes, the offensive line didn't allow a sack, Brady was consistently pressured, was forced to make quick throws. So it's can they keep Brady upright against this Bengals defense that's been on the rise and it's been playing a lot better. You know, earlier on in the season, they had struggles with facing – you know, those perimeter-based attacks, getting gashed with yards after catch. Well, now you're not seeing as many of those issues. They've shut down Nick Chubb. They've shut down Derrick Henry. So it's okay. Can the Buccaneers get something going and create a balanced attack
0: that we really haven't seen so far this season? I completely agree. Um, I think that it's going to be such a tall order for the defense. You definitely don't want them on the field right. longer than they need to be. And um, it, it's to me, it's we've talked a lot about the Bucks' struggles in third down. But I feel like it's more about their first and second down. Right. A, no one says you have to get to a third down. So it'd be nice if, you know, they were the, getting yeah. to that a little less. Exactly. So I think it's getting a little bit more yardage on stuff, those first two downs. And mm-hmm. I think it comes back to what you said about giving Brady that time. We have seen that there are guys who have the capability of the big explosive play that right. we've seen guys like Mike Evans, like Scotty Miller, mm-hmm. you know, Julio Jones getting past their defender. Right. But if Brady doesn't feel like he can sit there long enough to deliver it, right. and even on times where maybe people think, oh, Brady missed them, well, maybe he missed them because There's he wasn't, his yeah, that yeah. he's not quite getting his feet set the way he wants, not really getting to sit there and take his time to throw it. So everything boils down to how much time you can give Brady so that you're not as reliant on these three- and five-yard dink-and-dunk things that is going to just require so many plays to get down the field. And guess what that means? More plays you can get a penalty more plays where something can go wrong. So to even just get a few of those bigger, more explosive plays just takes a lot of pressure off of everybody. Um, So, yeah, I think it's going to really come down to that offensive line. And then, of course, defensively, um, I think, and we'll probably end up talking about this a lot more as we talk about our our matchup to watch and our player to watch. But today, this this game is going to be about which backups step up. There are so many injuries on that yeah. defense, and it's it's a tough matchup for starters, much less guys that are your backups. Yeah. But it is so easy to say next man up in this league, but mm-hmm. do they really do it? That that's going to be for me is how many backups – can play above their level. Right,
1: where there's no drop-off.
0: Yes, that's, I think, going to be a huge key. So uh, tell me the matchup for you that you are looking forward to most.
1: For me, I am looking forward to the Robert Hainsey versus DJ Reader matchup. And for Hainsey, I mean, whether it's Getting an effective run-through tackles game going or whether it's being able to diagnose stunts or blitz to keep Brady upright in the pocket, that all goes through Hainsey. And he's going up against one of the best nose tackles in the league in Reader who you know can easily displace blockers. He has a lethal bull rush. He's athletic enough to make those tackles in space on those rushing downs. So being stout at the point of attack, I think is going to be critical this week because he's a guy that can blow up and push that pocket and have an impact. I mean, he's their tone setter, so how are the Bucks interior of the offensive line, able to offset that?
0: Point? I like that. I think mine is going to be Carlton Davis versus Jamar Chase. Um, boy, that's going to be a fun one. I think mm-hmm. it was really interesting this week to hear Coach Bowles talk about Jamar Chase. That yes. He talked about it on my show with him where he basically said that he thinks he might be the best wide receiver in the league. Mm-hmm. And Bowles is not someone that just says that lightly. Right. Um, that's a that's a big deal and, and and it can kind of be hard to argue when you look at what he's been doing and so knowing especially like we talked about how many other guys in the secondary are banged up like mm-hmm. Carlton has to be the lockdown guy that right. he talks about he wants to be that there's too many other guys that are going to be asked to do too much on this you know secondary that mm-hmm. if if Carlton can really try to limit Jamar Chase I think that's going to take a lot of pressure off of some of the other guys and and so um it's it's a huge task and it's always nice when you can really limit a quarterback's you know kind of favorite target so I think that one's going to be a big one um how about a player to watch for you so
1: hilarious so my player to watch was Carlton Davis oh love it
0: that's great (laughs) kind of piggybacking yep piggybacking
1: off of you but I think you know, so much of what this Bengals offense does, you know, he's Joe Burrow's go-to target. You know, out of that, the play action, the the fakes, whether they're able to get, you know, their their run game going out of, out of the shotgun and getting Joe Mixon involved, and then he's able to take shots downfield to Jamar Chase. But I think, like you mentioned, what Todd Bull said about him, and he's a guy that is young in this league. He's had that built-up chemistry with Joe Burrow dating back to LSU – but he just has it all. I mean, he has the ball tracking. He has the blazing speed. He has the crazy catch radius. He has the burst off the line to to gash guys down the field on those vertical routes. So it's, okay, how, how is Carlton able to offset that? You know, he's a corner that can effectively blink it and jam wide receivers. You know, he can get leverage on the high or low side of routes, but how, how is this going to play out on – on Sunday, and, and what is this going to look like to be able to limit those big plays? And I think it's a testament to Jamar Chase when you see so many of how defenses played them at the beginning of the season. You know, they were using a lot of the the cover two and the two high shells to try and limit that big play over the top. And that took a little bit for the Bengals to adjust, but then they were able to exploit, you know, the middle of the field. They started getting the run game going out of the shotguns. So how how can the Bucks? Kind of counter that, and how are they able to shut shut right. him down and
0: and use him as one of their focal points? Right, and I, you know, man, I've I've so been torn on what player I'm picking because I, I was debating am I picking it based on the player that I think is going to play the best or the player that I think will need to right. play the best? You know, um, and that's a big one. <laughs> and that's yeah, and I so I'm kind of torn on it, and I I knew I kind of wanted to go with someone on the defense just because I feel like that's such a huge. Right. Part of this matchup is just looking at that Bengals offense. Um, and But then there's so many injuries that it's like, man, am I, am I picking a guy that I'm just saying I think he needs to step up? In which case, I feel like I want to go with like a Logan Ryan or Keanu Neal in mm-hmm. some ways that we've seen how much they are going to be asked to do potentially to make sure that, you know, some of those other backups, that they're that safety net right. of like making sure that those big plays don't get crazy. We don't mm-hmm. get gashed for a whole lot. And I also was kind of leaning towards, therefore, you know, Devin and Levante of like, with so many backups, with so many people hurt, you know, are you relying on them so much more? Right. Um, but I think I finally just kind of decided I'm going to go with Akeem Hicks because of Vita having his injury. Right. And how much that means is going to be on him mm-hmm. in that interior to do so much and knowing he's probably going to get doubled a lot. And so, again, it's like – I feel like I chose him more of who needs to have a big game Then it's not that I'm saying, I think you're going to see him have a ton of stats or have some big, huge play even, but just knowing that he is going to be getting doubled like crazy. He's going to be having to take on a lot in there. And can he still try to stay fundamental in his gaps and, and be able to take up that space and at least flush things out (laughs) or something, you know, it's just, I think that that's really going to be so important with all the other injuries that a guy like him, he's got to hold down that middle yeah he's gonna hold down yeah, that middle um all right so let's get into our quote of the week Ooh. um tell me what you got so I'm gonna go with a quote
1: from past game coordinator inside linebackers coach Larry Fudd and I love when he was asked about the 49ers game he said flush it throw it away no we did burn the tape but we coached off of it if there's such a thing as a good loss That was one because everybody played a major part in it, so there's no finger pointing. Guys accepted it. They hold each other accountable, not just the players, coaches also, and make sure a day like that doesn't happen again. And I just love that mentality of, okay, we are going to be able to build off of this to make sure this doesn't happen again, and because basically everything went wrong that could you can imagine goes wrong in that game. So there's no finger
0: pointing at, Oh, you didn't do your job or you didn't do this, but collectively kind of Potter it kettle, was Potter kettle
1: is everything. Potter kettle situation. Yes. Yep.
0: Um, yeah. That's interesting. I, uh, I also went with a Larry foot quote, uh, but this was about Logan Ryan kind of because I knew he was one of the people I was considering for a, a player to watch this game. Um, and also I had Logan on my radio show this week And first of all, he was incredible. He, um, if people haven't heard it, I really recommend it. He was very insightful, like Mm -hmm. just so well-spoken and a guy that's been in this league a long time. And what I talked with him about on the show and then uh, Larry Foote talked about it as well is what he contributes to this room, the safety room and on the field that isn't just his actual play, that what he brings. And so Larry Foote talks about how he's savvy. He helps calm the waters down. I really like Mm. that part of the quote. He said the young safeties benefit from him being in the room. And he's also got a lot of good suggestions. He works with the coaches and you can tell that coaching might be in his future that Logan talked about on my show, how intentional he is, with being a leader in that room both by example and vocally he's like so many people these days say oh I lead by example he's like I also lead by my words like I'm talking to these guys and he gave all these examples of the ways that he's gotten to know each of the guys in his room on a personal level and knows what makes them tick and therefore knows how to take things to them Mm -hmm. to talk about them with everything on the field off the field he knows their personalities and it felt like he had that head coach mentality of Part of my job is as a psychologist to know my room, to bring that level to it, and just hearing what he's meant. The coaches talk about his communication on the field, off the field, everything. And so while, of course, it is unfortunate to have not had Winfield and Edwards recently, I feel like having a guy like Logan Ryan where we know maybe he's still coming back from that foot injury, maybe he's not 100% physically yet, we know that mental side is there and the amount of effort he has put in and the intentionality behind mm-hmm. his interactions um, and the idea of that quote of he, he he helps calm the waters down, that is what you need right now. Mm-hmm. Because after this last Sunday, the waters were not calm. Not <laughs> no, calm. they were not. <laughs> and going into a game on defense against a team like the Bengals, you're going to have to keep the waters calm. Yeah. You do not want to let it get in your head. You do not want to have those big penalties, that momentum stuff, all that kind of thing. And I just think that he – His role in sort of that intangible way cannot be overstated to this defense, and so I'm really glad he is back from IR for all of that stuff. Um, All right, well, that is going to do it for us on another edition of Tampa 2. Thank you so much for being with us. We hope you enjoy the game on Sunday, and we'll see you next week.